This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing, a horror-ish podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey guys. And I'm again your host, Rob. You know, I got my chair back uh, now. I uh, got it back from Laura. I said it was dirty last week. I was embellishing a bit. It wasn't that dirty. Smelly, different story. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later, maybe. Welcome back, Rob. So, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to come and murder you. <laughs> <laughs> Figure that, Laura. I figure that's okay. It's okay. So, how was uh, how was everybody's Halloween? What'd you guys do? Exciting. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I spent do, I, yeah, I, I spent an exciting five hours doing absolutely nothing inside. I did leave the the PPEs out on our porch. I feel like I live in a community where where people don't really care about that stuff and they don't believe in it. Oh. So, um, people left candy on my porch. Actually, I think it, it was like a reverse mm. trick or treat. That was nice. Mm-hmm. I opened up the the door and a bunch of Reese's pieces fell in my lap. That was pretty cool. Um, nice. Yeah, we had a good time doing nothing here. Interesting. I don't think I've ever been in a situation where somebody has left me candy on my doorstep. Like that sounds super shady and scary and like like a witch is trying to entice you to come outside. Yeah, I think people have excess candy. So what they do is mm-hmm. it's like reverse trick or treat. This is the 2020 mm-hmm. version of Halloween. Instead of giving out candy since no one's there to take it, you just go around distributing it to your neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. pay it forward. I like that. I like wow. that. Nice, nice. Cool. What, what about you, Laura? What'd you do? Uh, well, this is the opposite. We did. We actually <laughs> we ate all of our candy and didn't share it with anybody. <laughs> But uh, we just did a little uh, trick-or-treating around our backyard for our daughter. And we had like a fun Halloween dance party. And uh, I made jello shots. So that was fantastic. Wow. Nice. Dang. Too bad nobody left jello shots at Greg's door. That would have been sweet. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, Yeah. I just did, you know, like we said, we were going to do, I think last week was just uh, go to all the grandparents' house, let the little boy, three and a half years old, pretend to be trick-or-treating he did his his typical you know uh, trick-or-treat or else you know give me give me something good to eat you know so uh, luckily it was all the grandparents they all gave him something good so he didn't have to go uh whatever greg said last week he didn't have to go purge on them destroy their house and stuff so so that's good yeah so it was a good time it was a good time you know we hope everybody listening had a good halloween we hope everybody was safe um all that good stuff and you can kind of get going to the end of this year you know, kind of like push through to 2021. You know, it's definitely has to be brighter. It can't be darker. You know, let me knock we hope not. If you guys yeah. hear that, you guys hear the knocking on wood there. All right. Um, all right. This week we are conjecturing 2005's War of the Worlds. So, you know, what are you guys wearing? What's your Zoom backgrounds? What do you got going on, Greg? Yeah, I'm dressed up as Harlan. He's kind of the uh, the crazy guy who knew that the invasion was coming all along. You see him later in the movie, played by Tim Robbins. I've got his little hoodie over his head and nothing else it's tank top <laughs> nothing He's, uh, else little... <laughs> your well, bottomless your bottomless you got something you have no, you have no bottom, pants on sure. <laughs> He's got a little, I, I suspect it's his wedding ring around his uh his necklace but i don't know and i have my little the shotgun that's gonna take out all the aliens 
I made it from a piece of vacuum attachment, a smart level. Oh and my a, god! And, that uh, looks- and a leather belt. <laughs> Greg is Greg is like really like the MacGyver of like alien invasions. He's super prepared to just wow. make something. Yeah. yeah. If 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 I took this outside, I would get shot by oh, local PD within within five minutes. Oh yeah. wow! And I'd be like, I'm just trying to measure some angles, guys. Come on. Mm-hmm. Wow. So my background is the guy's basement. It's pretty shoddy. We'll talk about it later. Um, and it's a it's a really cool tense part of the movie. So you have our characters on the right, got the aliens on the left. That's what I chose. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'll I'll piggyback on that. You, me, and Greg are exactly the same person. You know, I, I'm Harlan too. I, I put in my name. I'm Tim Robbins. Uh, so I have the hoodie on too. I got the necklace, like Greg said. I don't have a cool shotgun I made out of a level and a vacuum piece, but uh, I do have a little tiny baby shovel my son has when he digs in the sand. So I don't know how far I can get, but uh, you know I'll do my best. Uh, and then my uh, my background is the same as Greg, just a dirty, dirty garage or dirty basement, dirty basement, <laughs> a dirty basement where I live. I'm not really sure uh, what's going on with this guy in this movie, but uh. <laughs> Yeah. So what about you, Laura? What do you got going on? Man, this one was really hard for me, but I ended up just deciding to dress up as Dakota Fanning's character, Rachel. But I I dressed up as her specifically from the scene where uh, Tom Cruise, her dad, puts a blindfold over her. So I have the black blindfold here. And then my background, I decided to just stick with the Rachel theme, is the scene where she's just standing there by herself and is about to get uh, abducted from the tripod. Such a good mm. background. I love that. Nice, nice. Cool, cool. Yeah. Good job, good job. Yeah, and then uh, this is actually the first week, you know, post-conjecture wing. So we're actually doing our own drinks again. You know, Laura was the one being the bartender for the full month of October. So I actually uh. had to figure out something to do this week. I was like, damn it. Like, I actually have to think. <laughs> Shit. You know, so, so let me get the drop going here and then we'll say what each of us are drinking. What's in the cups? All right. Uh, Greg, what are you what are you drinking tonight? What'd you make? Yeah. By the way, Laura, thank you so much for coming up with the, the recipes for conjecturing. I, I absolutely took that for granted. Like half an hour ago, I thought, wait, what was the drink? Um, oh, I have to come up with it. So what oh, no. I came up with is a drink called Alien Invade Gin. Ooh. Um, so it's basically gin. Maybe a quarter Campari to give it that nice blood red looking color. Mm. And it's got a little bit of pear juice and lemon juice in it. Um, there we, oh, nice. here we go. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Greg. <laughs> I mean, this thing is like at the bottom of my cup and somehow it, it spilled out. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's delicious though. That's funny. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, what about you, Laura? What are you drinking tonight? Sounds really good. I have made up a cocktail called the Tripod. Tripod 3. So I've decided I have to put three different kinds of alcohol in it. So I've got uh, brandy, rum, and triple sec. And then I add a little bit of the uh, cranberry uh, pomegranate juice just to give it that same, the red color. Wow. The red weeds? Yes. Is that what they're called? Weeds? The red weeds? We- veins? I don't know. Veins. <laughs> Weed veins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Cheers. Nice. Cheers. Good job. Yeah, I'm not as creative as you guys. I'm just, I'm being full Harlan. I'm just drinking peach schnapps. So uh, that's what I'm drinking. So, I like it. <laughs> so che- cheers, you guys. It's all. It's all. It's, this is what happens when Laura doesn't make drinks for me. I get peach schnapps. So nice. yeah. cheers, you guys. Cheers. It's a rough one. Yep. All right. Um. Yeah. So like we we talked about a little bit uh, last week was our last uh, week of conjecture. Ween. We did uh, Halloween three season of the witch. 
Um, like Greg said, you know, you know, thank you to Laura for everything you did for that month. That was really cool. You really picked up the Slack hosting, Welcome. being the bartender, you know, picking the movies, you know. So if anybody has any complaints, you know where to go, you know where to look at. You can send an email, conjecturingpod at Gmail, you know, headline Laura's fault. Um, so you can go with that. <laughs> but is, does it- Here I thought I was finally getting a compliment from Rob, but no, no. Come on, you know better than that. Come on, Laura. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that there are some H2O fans out there. Mm. You're gonna have to wait a whole another year mm. to potentially get that one, just because I it, mean, it didn't it Greg, didn't meet Laura's list. Just pick it for your next movie, then. Just pick it. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna have to hear about it. I, week I could, but I, I have such golden oldies such as War of the Worlds um, on my nah. list, so. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, do you, do you guys have any last things you want to say about conjecture Wayne overall? Any last sentiment before we just kind of, you know, put it in the background, you know, it's gone. I miss it. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly, I I loved it. Halloween, like any other season has like a gravitational pull to it. Like when you're like three weeks from getting to the actual holiday, you feel it that, you know, the weather changes, you feel like, the, the holiday is coming. People start getting into the mood uh, on Twitter and a lot of our social media. A lot of the other podcasts that we're, you know, in, in the, the slashing cast network, they're all doing Halloween themed things. Like it, it's such a great fun holiday. And I had such a great time doing it with you guys. And I, I really enjoyed this last month immensely. Yeah. Nice, nice. Good job, you guys. Good job. Yeah, we hope everybody listening enjoyed it too. So, yeah. So, like we said before, you know, we'll see what the rest of the year entails for us, and always get ready for for next Halloween and see where we're going from there. So, let's get let's get through tonight. Let's let's get into tonight's uh, pod now. <laughs> you know, going from Halloween to War of the Worlds. I don't know if that's a drop off or an incline or <laughs> somebody dropped the pumpkin off a roof. I don't know, but uh, you know. So yeah, like we said, this is Greg's movie pick, War of the Worlds, two thousand five. So Greg, why did you choose this as our first movie after Conjecture Ween? Just because I knew it was so polarizing. I know that a lot of people love this movie. A lot of people hate it. Um, I figured through the Conjecture Ween, we aligned in a lot of cases on the movie. So I thought we'd pick one that was kind of more divisive it's more of a sci-fi movie but they're definitely horrific uh horrific horrific i like that horrific 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 aspects to it (laughs) nice okay cool cool nice okay um yeah i know me and laura have seen this movie before i think laura might have a story later on in the pod about her transition into the second viewing maybe but uh yeah. We'll leave that as a little tease, you know. Um, yeah, so let's get into our horish question of the week. Uh, this one actually comes from Greg. Greg had this this question, so let me get the drop going here. Okay, Greg, what's our what's our question this week? Uh, th- this movie is sort of a disaster movie where you have to react to an emergency situation, right? So it, there's a scene where Tom Cruise and family they have to. They literally have less than a minute to pack up their house and get out in order to, to save themselves from the alien invasion. So the question I had was, and it relates to the movie, if you also had 60 seconds to pack up an empty Pennzoil box, because that's the box that he picked up to pick, <laughs> pack up his things and get out the door during an alien invasion, what would you throw in there? What would make it from your fridge? As we saw in the movie... Some really ridiculous items from his fridge made it in his box. 
<laughs> so, um, so I asked you guys, like, what would you, if you, if you literally had a minute to think about what you would put in mm-hmm. and leave and you knew aliens were coming, what would you throw in there? Man, I feel like it's kind of like a tricky question because I feel like most people would say the first thing would be like pictures, but like, I feel like all our pictures are digital now. It's on a, it's on the cloud. Yeah. So I wouldn't need to grab that. I don't know if trying to think if there's any like documentation I have somewhere that I would need to grab for. I mean, identification you have to take. Yeah. Right. right? So I guess that, I mean, my only other thing I could think about that would be like, I have to grab something and you're talking about like what would come from your fridge. And that kind of pertains to this would just be a bunch of liquor. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to be stuck with, with a bunch there of, we go. Yeah, I don't there want, we... I don't want to be stuck with a bunch of peach schnapps run on the run. You know, I want to oh, grab everything man. I can, some beers, some hard liquor, some whiskey, you know, maybe some shots. I mean, shit, we're all going to need it if there's an alien invasion. It's the only thing I can think of. Wow. Nice. Okay. Totally practical. I I was actually <laughs> thinking like a realistic answer. So my my thing is this. That is my real answer. <laughs> Dude, okay. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say like, I don't need identification. If I know that aliens are attacking us, they're not going to ask me for my license. So, yeah. But what if you, but, need, what well, if you need like, to like yeah. cross the border and get into another country? Yeah. Or are, here's the thing. There are no borders. When aliens come, <laughs> there, are no there are no borders. There is no money. There is no currency. Mm. Everything. There is only your survival. So this is the thing. In in sixty wow, seconds, you're going to be one of those. I'm going to be. Mm. I'm going to be one of those guys. That's why Greg. Wow. That's, why Greg that, that's why Greg built the gun. Look, Greg knows what's going on. Yeah, look at this. See, look. Even if he's going to he's going to steal my liquor. This is the thing. Even if you don't have a real gun, which I don't, this this would fool people. You could be like, <laughs> give you what you have. It looks like a Swiffer. Oh it looks God. like a Swiffer jet. <laughs> Yeah, the, the pipe actually is from the swiffer. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is it, it comes down in 60 seconds. It comes down to a few things. I actually have a bag full of supplies that we take to Coachella, which is like all I need, right? It has batteries. It has lighting. I'm grabbing the bag. It's got basic supplies. You need food. But, of course, you can't. I'm not taking anything actually from my fridge except for possibly water. So you need water, but I'm also taking my, my raw, so my, uh, my protein shake stuff, which is like their meal replacements. You could have a little shake. It, it lasts for a few days. Mm-hmm. And I'm also taking possibly a weapon. I don't, I don't own a firearm. So I'm taking mm-hmm. this right here. This is, you see that? This is a little samurai sword. I've got a couple of these. <laughs> oh my God. That looked like the sword from, uh, the Black Ranger from Power Rangers. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> this is like one of those, like it comes in a set. You get them at those like ridiculous random like garage sales, but mm-hmm. everybody ha- has seen these. But, I mean, right. So anybody that's listening, we have officially found Greg's murder weapon. We, yeah. we, we found the weapon <laughs> he, he murders people with on the side job. That's his side project. This is the, you have to, you have a minute guys. You have to, you got to throw some stuff out. I'm throwing out conveniences and I'm sticking to like protecting myself feeding myself and supplies Boom. and killing other people. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's oh, a fact though. Yeah. Okay. I guess you could call it that. Okay. Laura, are you grabbing liquor? Or are you going to grab something to murder somebody? What do you, what do you, which path are you going on, Laura? Jeez. I, this, I, I would literally grab my wallet, my cell phone, my medication. Like, I mean, I, I already think about this, you know, living in Northern California and there's, constant fires and people need to just they have 60 seconds to grab things and go now i understand what you're saying if it was like an alien situation or even a zombie situation why would you need those things but i don't think in 60 seconds you fully understand the scope of what's happening 
So I, then I agree. Like, what if I need to go somewhere where the situation isn't as dire and they are, they do need to see my passport, mm-hmm. you know, or I do need to provide money so to a good point. get yeah. something or get in somewhere. And then, yeah, from the fridge, God, I don't know. Do you have any meal replacements or protein shakes like Greg? <laughs> I feel like maybe <laughs> grabbing some like boxed juice, some of my daughter's boxed juice, like so you can get some sugar, you know, I don't know, man, she's she eats those chewy bars. I think I would just even though I don't even like them. I think I would just grab a handful of chewy bars and be like, this is good for I, don't know. I, I just good. have like this funny image of us three walking down like the road after we got our stuff. And, and Laura is like sipping on a juice box. And <laughs> and I have like a bottle of booze and Greg has like a samurai sword <laughs> and some like meal replacement shit made and they'd be like look at those three fucking morons <laughs> <laughs> okay well what what's the appropriate answer then? oh i don't know it just seems so funny <laughs> i guess as a team if we stay together i feel like we can conquer a lot because we, we covered a lot of ground there yeah we're covering a lot of different bases i think mm-hmm. if we come together we've got all the essentials yeah just, and, until the moment greg yeah. stabs us literally in the back <laughs> all of, all of me and <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am going to need that booze, but I'm pretty sure my husband would judge me if I grabbed that in the moment. I yeah. think I would need to not grab it. But then once I made up with you, Rob, I'd be like, thank God. And just start checking it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I got your back. I got your back. You know, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye. We'll have to keep an eye on Greg. Though. <laughs> we'll take turns sleeping, Laura. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, all right. Well, good answers. You guys, good answers. I love it. Actually, it was a really funny conversation, Greg. Good question, Greg. Good question. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear um, what the, the listeners have to say. Yeah, yeah. You guys want to yes. e- email email us in. Let us know what you would grab, who you would try to murder, like Greg. Uh, you can hit us up conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. All right, so let's uh, let's get into the movie now. Let's get into the movie. So it's time <sighs> to let's ride the lightning. Let's ride the lightning and get to our movie this week. Um, so Damn. like we said, spoiler warning, uh, we're doing War of the Worlds 2005 film. It's a Steven Spielberg directing uh, composer. Music is John Williams. I was surprised to hear that as John Williams did this this music for this movie. He got a budget of one hundred thirty two million dollars. Box office was six hundred and three million dollars. So this this cleaned up at the box office, made a shit ton of money, you know, which makes oh, sense. I mean, you got Spe- uh, you got Spielberg and Cruz. Like, I mean, come on, you easily got to make five hundred million at that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Laura, do you want to do some interesting facts? Yes, for sure. Um, this is based off of the H.G. Wells novel of the same name. I didn't know that. I knew there was um an original movie. Wow. No. wow. Well, I knew there was like a 1950s movie mm-hmm. and I haven't seen it, but I didn't know it was based off of a novel. You didn't know that? Wow. Crazy. Wow. Well, hmm. anyway, maybe I'm an idiot. Email us and let, let us know, but maybe someone else didn't know that. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of emails to Laura. Oh, Laura's going Laura's to get all the emails. <laughs> Send them right to Laura. Yeah. Um, Spielberg based a lot of this um, after ideas from 9-11. Hmm. So, for example, um, when Ray has ash all over his face in the beginning, oh. um, you know, that was obviously based mm-hmm. off of that. Um, filming all of the alien tripods from lower level or like human eye level, basically just like based off of that amateur filming that a lot of people did when they were recording the attacks happening, mm-hmm. like that point of view. Yeah, I, I think... I don't know about you guys, but it was pretty, it totally felt like a 9-11 movie to me. I mean, yeah, yeah. I felt that in, yeah. in most scenes. There, there's, part, sure. there's definitely parts that are straight from it or definitely heavily influenced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, oh, an actual out of use Boeing 747 was bought to be used at the at, as the crash plane. Plane crash site. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, oh, this is my favorite. So at pre-production, the two were very tight. But the relationship between Spielberg and Cruz turned pretty poor during production because Spielberg believed that Cruz was hurting the promotion of the film by his erratic behavior. For example, on the Oprah Winfrey show, you know, that famous couch jumping. The famous couch scene? That was really? And also his growing involvement with Scientology and how mm. vocal he's been about it. Wow, that's crazy. And now he's like the captain. He's like the commander or something like that of Scientology. Is he still all about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Wow. Which is interesting because doesn't it kind of come down to aliens? Kind of. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I watched Mm -hmm. that documentary. Yeah. 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 Wow. Anyway. Mm. I think it maybe makes him a a better actor for this movie then because Mm -hmm. he's all about it. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, okay, good job, Laura. Thanks for those points. Uh, yeah, so main cast of this movie. Do you want to do main cast too, Laura? Sure, yeah. So we got Tom Cruise as Ray, our main character. Uh, Dakota Fanning plays his daughter, Rachel. We have Justin Chatwin as Robbie, his older son. Uh, Miranda Otto plays his ex-wife, Marianne. And then obviously we've got Tim Robbins as Harlan. And we've got Morgan Freeman as the narrator. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have, if you're doing any type of narration, you got to have Morgan Freeman. Come on. There's I no, mean, you have nobody to. else, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, all right. Laura, do you want to just keep talking to do synopsis? All right. Here we go. So like I said, we've got our main character. That's Tom Cruise, Ray. And we, we kind of come into the movie with him. He's a single guy, divorced. He has two kids who he has a pretty strained relationship with. And they come to stay with him for a weekend and a crazy lightning storm strikes and they're kind of trying to check it out. And turns out it's aliens coming down (laughs) through the lightning and inhabiting these tripods that have been buried underground for thousands of years. Did you say, Greg? I think it was millions. I think it's millions of years. Millions of years. They did not specify. Yeah, they didn't specify, but I think it's millions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thought I heard you say that. Wow. And yeah, they basically begin a war against us and Ray must try to survive with his kids. Yeah, there you go. Good synopsis, Laura. Good synopsis. Yeah. So let's just start with uh, our normal point. Let's just start with the opening of this movie. You know, uh, who wants to start? Greg, you want to start with the opening of this movie? Yeah, sure. I, I, I honestly don't remember anything Morgan Freeman says in the first <laughs> minute, but maybe you guys can talk about that. But after he stops talking, you jump into Tom Cruise and he's clearly... He's a working man. He's sitting in this box operating a crane. And when he's done with his shift, he tells his foreman he has to go home to see his kids. So it tells you everything you need. You know, he's kind of a, a blue collar worker. He's, he's talented at what he does because his boss says that his, the other guys can't, do, you know, move the cargo as, f- as fast as he can. And he wants to go see his family. So you have some positive vibes coming from him right off the bat. But when you go home, when you see him arrive at his house, you realize that he's late and he's dealing with a pretty bitter divorce. His ex-wife and his ex-wife's, I guess, her boyfriend or her husband are there with the two kids, uh, a teenage boy and a, a young girl. And they've been waiting there for half an hour and they're kind of mad that he's late. And they all... 
end up going inside, having a little chit chat, which is kind of fun and what you expect. The he Tom Cruise is not a fan of the new boyfriend and being a single guy, his house is a little bit in shambles and he's going to be taking over watching the kids for the weekend. So he, he definitely, you see his flaws right away. He's kind of like, uh, he's got like engine parts hanging around the house. He's got peanut butter and onions and mustard and random stuff in his fridge, kind of like a bachelor. So you see, he's clearly grappling with these two aspects of his life, dealing with seeing his kids on a periodic basis and living the single life. And it, it, it kind of sets you up like that. It's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Uh, uh Lord, do you want to kind of jump in and do you want to get a little bit of the Morgan Freeman part of the opening? Sure. And then I want to talk about what Greg, everything Greg just <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Morgan, the movie opens actually with a, uh, image of a virus. Mm-hmm. I got like a virus under a microscope. Um, and Morgan Freeman begins talking. And I mean, if you're watching this for the first time, you know, you're not 100% sure what he's talking about. And he basically says that um, without ever mentioning aliens throughout this whole movie, he says that these, you know, creatures, whatever you want to call them, um, they are completely uh, unsympathetic and they have just been watching and waiting for mm-hmm. a long time but you you don't really understand why they showed the virus yeah. from the beginning mm-hmm. and i i kind of loved that because you don't even know until the very end of the movie when morgan freeman is doing the outro and explains it mm-hmm. which that, that's kind of weird by the way to have a narrator that's not actually narrating through the entire movie, just the first minute and the last minute. I, yes. I, I don't recall any other movie that has done that. It's really interesting to me. Yeah. My, my only thought was like opening with the narration is it goes back to the, you know, the radio play of War of the Worlds and the fact that like mm. that's how a lot of this started was like HG Wells doing a radio play yeah. to people and they all thought it was real and that's more like audio based. So that's my only thought was like maybe that's why uh, Spielberg wanted to start like that. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I don't know a lot about that backstory. But I, I will say in the beginning, I totally, and I'll start off with being honest here. I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. I mean, I get it. He's a good actor. He performs well. His movies make a lot of money. They're entertaining to watch for sure. Uh, they're mostly all Hollywood blockbusters. Mm-hmm. However, I just don't like him. And here we go. The first glimpse we get of him He's not a very likable character, in my opinion. No. So, of course, you know, he walks onto the screen and I'm like, well, this motherfucker, you know, <laughs> like I hate him already. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't you know, it. when I watched it, I totally didn't hear him telling his boss that he needed to get home for his kids. He didn't mention his kids at no. all. He's just he's just smiling. His boss is like, I need you. And he's just like, ha ha, like, fuck you. Sorry. What do you want me to do? And then he comes like speeding home in a stupid muscle car. <laughs> yeah. And yes, he's late. And it's very clear that he does not have a relationship with his kids. And it's also clear that he doesn't try. He doesn't try. He didn't provide food for them. He doesn't know what his kids like. He tries to bond with his older son and makes him play <laughs> catch, which is something that you do with it with a younger child. Yeah. And mm, his son yeah. is clearly like becoming a man yeah, and doesn't 16 or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. He doesn't want to do that bullshit. No. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also like he comes home and then he's like, just pieces out on his kids. He's like, I'm going to go sleep now. Like, you know, 
they're only there for the weekend. You don't want to spend any time with them. You just want to go to sleep. I, I don't know. So I found that all to be, um, okay, this is who the guy is, which I think works. It works for the movie because we get that story of watching him become more selfless versus selfish. You know, it's kind of a typical movie trope, I guess. But I, I did love the scene where his ex-wife just kind of rolls her eyes and is like, okay, I'll get the bag. And she is forced, she's super pregnant and she's forced to carry the kid's luggage. Like he's so just not with it enough to even realize maybe I should offer to carry their bags. Maybe I shouldn't let my ex-wife who's super pregnant, like attempt to carry this huge suitcase up these stairs. I, it just, I felt that. I felt that. Why was the new boyfriend stepping up? <laughs> I think that's he, a I good think, question. I think he's been on these drop-offs before, and he's like, "I'm staying out of this mess." <laughs> yeah, yes, he definitely. Like totally. when they got in the house, like in a minute later, he was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna wait out in the car." Yeah, yeah, right. that's true. Yeah, yeah I, I felt that scene. Yeah, it was a good scene. Because my whole take on this opening is, I am a child of divorce, so like I have literally been in these situations where like my dad is dropping me off my mom's my mom is dropping off my dad's and it's literally this the tension is so high and one parent is trying to look for things to kind of critique the other parent on what they're doing and the kids are we're standing there as kids and just like you know we don't want that we don't even understand really what's going on even the 16 year old he's probably to the point where he doesn't even give a shit anymore but like i've been in those situations so like this whole opening felt so real to me and i actually would go a little bit against laura i think in the very beginning tom cruise tried to like talk to the kids he was like trying to talk to the son the son wasn't even listening to him you know he talks to the daughter you know and then it's not until i think the mom starts making comments that he starts getting irritated you know where she just like wants to come into the house and this and that i'm not taking sides i mean i'm the child of divorce i don't take sides you know um but I just feel like that whole situation just started getting more cringeworthy and more escalating. Mm -hmm. And that's when he, I feel like, started getting more, you know, defensive and irritated and more ashamed of things like that. And that made him go a little more aggressive than I think he normally would have if she was just like, all right, have a good have a good weekend. And like, that was it. Like, they maybe had a, might have had a better drop off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, then the part where he goes to sleep, Laura, we were talking about. That was after him and his son pretty much had like an argument about, you know, him not being there as a father, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Tom Cruise yeah. is just like, fuck this. Like, I'm going to take a nap. I don't think if yeah. he, they would, I think if the kid and him had a good conversation, that wouldn't happen. So I think everything was very reactionary for Tom Cruise in the opening. I feel mm -hmm. like he was trying. I don't think it was great what he was doing. He clearly doesn't have enough of a track record as like a good father to like know what to do in these situations. But I think once somebody doesn't like, you know react the way he's expecting them is his son his daughter his ex-wife then his reaction is like i don't know what to do and he goes like mm. negative or he goes angry you know so like i give him a little bit of a little bit of grace mm. a little bit of cred you know uh, because i've been in that situation and like i know like how my father felt in those things when my mom would be critiquing him and i know he would talk to me later and just be like i'm doing the best i can you know, stuff yeah. like that and like i know that personally so like i know that's why i don't really like have a really negative think of tom cruise in the beginning of this movie just because like i know the real situation behind the scenes so you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um yeah and i mean regardless though this whole opening was super effective because you know that this situation 
is about to go down and these kids are going to be under his care right. and he's the parent they don't feel safe with. They don't, they don't feel protected under. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of predictable in that way, I guess, but it's effective because mm-hmm. you're like, Oh man, how is this, this type of father figure going to protect his kids from an alien invasion? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, speaking of alien invasion, let's get into like, it's a secondary opening to this movie. The secondary opening would be right. the alien invasion starting, yeah. you know, with the thunderstorm, with the lightning strikes, and then with the big reveal in like the, you know, town square, whatever you want to call it. You know, what do you guys mm-hmm. think of like the alien opening of this movie? Um, I really liked it. Um, minus what I, I totally have a scene that I wanted to ask Greg about. How did you... <laughs> How did you like it when everyone was just standing around the giant holes in the ground, not running away from the danger? Like, let's stand here and just wait and see what happens. I totally, I don't know. I think of you, Greg, in these situations now, because I'm like, is Greg not yelling at the screen? Like, run, Well, protect yourself. Here's the thing. You do what everybody else, this is a, it's a herd mentality thing. So if there's enough people curious about what's going on, you see a hole in the ground and you Mm -hmm. actually think it's weather related the last thing on your mind is that an alien invasion is about to happen and you have a group of people looking around the hole. Everybody looks around the hole. The moment a few people start running, everybody starts running. That It's a group mentality thing in, in panic situations. So until an actual threat demonstrated itself, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, a bolt of lightning hit the same spot 25 times straight into the pavement. And what does mm-hmm. that mean? And it's over now. We're about to investigate. This is the thing. We, we live in a, in a culture of everybody wants to get things on film. Everybody wants to be the first one to tweet new, interesting news that happens. And this is no different. 2005 was just the beginning. It's, it's at a certain level now, but back then it was, it wasn't that much different. So when you see a lot of people interested in what's going on, it's kind of a small town feel. This is a very interesting thing that happens. You know, um, and every, I don't know, we, Robin, I don't know about you guys, but I, I came from a pretty small town when some, when a, a car crash happened outside at two in the morning, that was everything that people talked about for like the next day mm-hmm. or two. So this is the kind of thing where everybody's going to be talking about it. Um, so I, I bought into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that whole alien invasion, uh, like you said, secondary introduction or secondary intro to the movie was, was pretty great. I mean, I've never, um, seen an alien movie where they, that's how they get here. I thought that was really interesting. Usually it's always the same thing. They come on like a flying mm-hmm. saucer and that's how they enter <laughs> yeah. earth. Yeah. And the fact that they essentially came down in with the lightning to these pods that had just already been underground i thought that was really unique and pretty badass and um obviously the cgi and effects of this movie are incredible i mean i think i read something like there was 500 cgi scenes in this movie yeah that, that's um, one thing like going really in, yeah, going in and watching this movie now in 2020 and knowing mm-hmm. i've seen this before but it was a long time ago and it probably first came out this 2005 and I know there's special effects and I went in a little bit worried to be like, is this going to be like that oldie CGI that's kind of cringeworthy to watch now? Mm. And I was super surprised of like how seamless there's a couple shots and I'm like, okay, that's clearly a little bit old looking, but I think solidly yeah. for, I mean, you're talking about almost what, 15 years old, I guess 15 year old right. movie that it looks like it could have been made yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. so like, yeah, I mean, the CGI looked legit for this, like, you know, 15 year old movie. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's like a there's like a freak lightning storm, and you find out pretty quickly that the lightning is striking 
but there's no thunder and it's it's all happening in one centralized place and i was laughing my ass off when ray tom cruise's character is kind of sitting with his daughter and they're outside and he's trying to do like the dad thing like whenever there's something scary or frightening you kind of make a joke of it and he starts going it's just lightning it's okay baby it's okay and he starts singing oh say can you see and it hits and he's like oh shit yeah let's get inside that was so funny because that again that just there are so many moments in this movie and we'll, we'll talk about it later where he's trying to do like the dad thing but he clearly has no idea what the right dad thing is to do mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. and this is one of them and it's a great transition between the family time that you see in the beginning and like the science fiction horror that you're about to witness so yeah mm-hmm. definitely the setup was was so well done yeah yeah i think like that scene you're talking about greg is the perfect scene to go from you know asshole opening ray to like somewhat making a funny moment with his daughter like you you lighten up a little bit in that moment you know it's just like a funny moment i laughed when he said shit when he actually got scared from there i thought it was pretty funny and he tries to like run away and he like fall, he almost falls on like a patio chair you yeah. know it just looked so funny to me um but then as far as like the actual aliens like coming out of the ground i thought that was fucking epic you know when the the ground starts to break around you know everybody and there's a cool shot too, and there's like a church in the background. Yes. And this is I love that. And this is like something yeah. that like later on I want to talk to you guys about. But there there yeah, there's a scene where the church is there and the church is like collapsing. And you know, it's 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 probably just symbolism of, you know, faith breaking and stuff like that, you know. But um, but it's just a cool shot, and like the sunlight is like shining through like the glass window of the church, and it's just like a beautiful shot by Spielberg, you know. But then when the actual aliens come out of the ground, the ships, you know, it comes out and it comes out slowly and it gets that first like eyeball, you want to call it an eye, you know, like a light of the thing. And it just looks so ominous and and crazy looking. And then when it finally gets up in the air and it makes that first noise, oh. you know, I don't even know what you can call that. What do you call that? You don't even know what you call that tone. It's almost break? like a horn. It, it, it's yeah. like, a fog a, horn. like a foghorn. Yeah. If you were to mix like a, a blue whale and maybe a T-Rex and a, and a train <laughs> of some kind <laughs> with like a, w- with like a giant, like a 100 foot synthesizer, that's what you would get. It's so terrifying. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. When it makes that first, you know, like, you know, mutant trains horn sound Greg just described, it's like super like bone chilling, you know, it's like you feel it. You're like, holy shit, you know? And then of course they start zapping people and they get disintegrated. But yeah, I just, I, I love the, the actual like alien opening of this movie. I thought it was so well done. So cool. Right. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's transition now a bit, you know, pretty much after that, you know, you have the, the main plot of the story now is, you know, Tom Cruise and his son and his daughter, they just need to get back to the mom in Boston. So that's, they're on the road. They're trying to get there. That's the main plot of this movie from that point on trying to survive really, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But what did you guys think overall now of like the characters acting, anything like that? Any other characters you want to spot out or do you want to go first? You're kind of shaking your head. I really do. Yes. I I got to talk about Dakota Fanning. I totally get what people are saying. She screams a lot. She screams a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> it gets annoying. I get that. But I thought her acting was fucking phenomenal. And I am still mad that people gave her so much hate. Did they? Yes. Did there they are add? so many bad reviews on this movie. And it's all because of her. It's because... Oh, she screams. She's annoying. Uh, she didn't help anybody. It's like, okay, she's 10 years old. 
she is so scared. And that initial scene where she gets basically thrown in to the car, the back seat, while her dad and brother are in the front seat, and she is, she's not even screaming at this point yet. She is silent. You could just tell her whole body is so timid. It's shaking. She's crying. And then she's like having a panic attack. I thought her acting was so spot on. That is exactly how a 10 year old kid would react. And I thought her acting was amazing. The whole movie. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm so upset that she is getting all of this hate just because she screamed a lot. I get it. It was annoying. Sure. Like it's a lot of screaming, but it's spot on. Yeah, yeah. Let me do, let me just say real fast, just for Greg's reference and anybody listening. So what we're talking about is the Rotten Tomato scores. It's something we normally do. We were going to save it for the end, but it's br- it's being brought up now. So let's just talk about it. So the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is the critic uh, score is seventy five percent, which I think that's very reasonable. That seems about right to me. The audience score for this movie is forty two percent, which I think is yeah. very low. And like Laura said, I went through you know over 300 audience reviews. And I would say the most consensus of people that didn't like it is Dakota Fanning. They don't like her screaming every five seconds. They say she's not a good actress in this movie. You know, I mean, I watched this movie with my wife and she was in that camp. She didn't believe Dakota Fanning's character at all. She really didn't care for any of the kids in this movie. But so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm with Laura. I don't really get it. I thought she was solid in this movie. My thing is like, of course, you're going to be screaming through this movie. Like you're being scared constantly. Like, what is she supposed to do? You know, if right. like an alien pops out, you're going to scare. You're going to scream. If like right. there are people literally trying to climb into your van to possibly murder you, you're right. going to mm-hmm. scream. Like I don't every time she screamed. I thought it was justified. I never thought she was yep. screaming for no reason. So I, I don't get it either. Where do you, where do you land with that, Greg? Same. Yeah. I, nice. I, I, I don't really get it. I mean, there, there's a difference between being annoyed by screaming, which we are. Look, as parents, don't you hate it when your kids scream? Okay. But yeah. then there's a difference between that and understanding that they're doing it because they're kids. Mm-hmm. So what? I mean, maybe, look, could, could Spielberg have captured less of the screaming? That's debatable. But and did he reflect it enough at the right parts? I don't know. But she's a ten year old girl. I mean, I mean, right. I mean, us as as adults, we would probably scream in a lot of these. Yeah, I know, I'd be screaming. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be screaming more than her. Probably, she's more brave than I am. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, that, I... that scene that you were talking about in the van was was fantastic. So basically, a car gets re- gets fixed after the EMP hits and he remembers that and he jumps into it and it's working and it's the only car that's working and the mechanic tries to take the car back and uh Rachel Dakota Fanning is in the back like she has no idea what's going on and the way that yeah. she plays that scene out is so beautiful her reaction like why you know uh, Tom Cruise is like if you don't get in the car now you're gonna die and her panic and her fear in asking her dad why he would say something like that in the moment was was pure terror and i love that oh, she did such a good so job good yeah i yeah. think so and too. i think also I she has a couple of moments where she's like the comic relief you know what i mean where like she's like the one saying something funny there's only a couple of scenes that are funny in this movie and it's usually tom cruise and her have a little back and forth you know him and his son there's nothing funny about their relationship <laughs> so you know there's nothing there there was one funny thing he said what do you call them a dick <laughs> No, he was like asking Tom Cruise. He's like, where are they coming from? And he's like, somewhere else. And he goes, you mean like Europe? Oh, yeah. I was like, no, Robbie, not like Europe. (laughs) 
no, there were a couple scenes in the beginning where he had a he had some funny back and forth with his daughter. Like the, the first one was where he goes, "Oh, don't you know? Between my brother and I, we know everything." And then he, oh, and yeah. he goes, "Like, well, what's the capital of Australia?" And he's playing catch with Robert. He goes, "Oh, that's what my brother knows." And it's a total dad joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think for me, one of the funniest scenes, and in a scene that shows how good of an actress she is in this movie, is the scene when they finally get to. Where are they? They're at like a random house they show up to and the 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 Tom Cruise wants to make them a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> oh, you know? I, I love that. And so he's made he starts <laughs> scooping the peanut butter out with a giant like wood spoon, which is already crazy, you know? Um and so he puts it on the sandwich. He's like, Okay, who wants peanut butter? Who wants this? And she's like, I'm allergic to peanut butter. And he's like, Since when? And her reaction and her face of like like fuck you man and the way she just says birth you know and it's like so great it was such a comedic moment but i thought her as an actress in that scene she has one line her line is birth but her face said fuck her face said fuck (laughs) you and so like i thought you know you know she screams a lot in this movie that's one thing aside i still think it's great but that one scene just shows like she's like a little girl, but she has range like that yes. delivery was so great. So I just want to call out that one for her to saying how good of an actress I think she is in this movie. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I I do kind of want to talk about Robbie. Oh, we, we do have to talk about Robbie. Yeah, yeah. So, OK, you, just, you go for okay. it, Laura. You can get into it. Go for it. Yeah. And, and this is not really acting because him as an actor, I I don't I didn't really take any notes on that, but I just want to talk about his character. To me, it is so interesting how he kept attempting to do something that is normally very heroic. Mm-hmm. He kept trying to help in like every scene. He he wanted to leave them when he first saw the military and you know, Ray and Rachel talk him out of that. He wanted to help when they were at the ferry you know he he kind of runs over and starts helping people up on the bridge that's rolling up and then at uh, at one scene he wants to go with the military he wants to see them go down and help and be a part of that effort and yet you are like what are you doing you're an idiot like you need to survive and i just remember i was yelling at him so much and then afterwards i had to really think to myself he was literally doing the heroic thing but I think as an audience, we just want them to survive. So that was really weird for me. And I wanted to know how you guys felt about that. I'm I'm right there with you, Laura. Like, to be honest with you, he's like one of the only characters I really don't like in this movie. I don't I either. Don't, I don't like it. I didn't relate to me. I didn't get it. Like, you know, and you're you, like, and, I'm not and, helping and, anybody. I'm not there. And, and Laura knows how much I prefer a, a, a son over a daughter. But this movie, I'm definitely taking the daughter. You know, I'm not taking the son in this movie. But uh, but yeah, like I, for me, it was like I kept I kept I understand what he was trying to do. But for me, there was no backstory into why. Like, why was he trying to do this? Why was he trying to be the hero all the time? Like, I get it. It's cool. Like, if that's who you internally are, then cool. But I wish, like, there was some other scene that maybe showed something, you know, that he his friend died, you know, two weeks ago. There was something that he needed to, like, show the audience that, like, oh, he's trying to, you know, not, what is the word? He's trying to make up for something that happened to his past. He has something in his soul that he needs to fight for. Like it needed something, but there was just nothing there. Do you want to know what I think about that? I think it has to do with the divorce. 
I think because look, Tom Cruise is not seeing anybody. So he basically he's ping ponging back and forth between his mom and two adult male figures. And I have a feeling that the two adult male figures are rather than giving him guidance, how to be, however, a man, adult in his life are, they are just fighting for him in a sense, or not giving him any attention at all. I have a feeling that it has to do with that is, is that, he doesn't feel like he's his own person. He's never been given proper guidance in his life. And this might be his chance to do that. And I think a lot of guys feel that way in general, right? Especially if you're misguided. Um, but with that said, I'm actually in your guys camp. It bugged the shit out of me what he was doing. Oh. Because uh, here's the thing is I feel like it's a trope that you see in a lot of war movies. And this in movie was in a lot of ways, a war movie, right? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's in the title. War yeah, of the World. The title. Yeah. Um, although I don't know if it was War of the Worlds, it was like War of the Aliens versus our world. But uh, yeah, at the same time, though, it's like in a lot of war movies, you see young men going to fight, even if it's like they're blindly or willfully giving up their lives for it. And not, not saying that signing up for war is wrong, but if there's like a lost cause and it's the, the odds are stacked in their favor, they will still do it if they think like this is their purpose. And mm -hmm. that I think it, it works well in a lot of war movies, but this movie came nowhere near that. They're on the run. He doesn't, he's not drafted. He doesn't have a gun. He has no training. He has not been given any orders. So the fact that he thinks he, and, and no one's asking him to join anytime he like runs to the convoy, take me with you, take me with you or, or run over the hill. None of the soldiers are like, yeah, come on, guy. We need the help. Nobody's even looking at him for that. It's just a bunch of soldiers getting their asses handed to them by aliens. Like, so what is like maybe one thing that we think that he could do effectively? Anytime he tries to do it, there's literally nothing that he can do. There are times where he helps people along the way, like helps people over the, the wall to in, in the ferry scene. And But when it comes to the actual fighting and the violence with the aliens, he's so ineffective and he would be more useful sticking with his family. Like it, it bugged me every time he did that. But then again, look, yeah. he, I think we just I would say we have to chalk it up to him being a hot headed teen guy but i don't know i don't know i feel like i feel like there is a story arc for him in this movie that got cut along the way somewhere but they kept most of it in there because like i said there's this scene like you guys are talking about where he does help the people over the ferry and tom cruise like looks at him a certain way like changing his perspective of like oh my son is a hero the way he looks at his son is very like you know like like proud of him but there's nothing like that's like the culmination to something we've never seen, though, because there's no setup. So, like, I feel like there's something that maybe was in the original script of the opening that sets up. So that moment is a payoff. But what you see right now, there's no setup. All there is is they don't like each other. And then he saves somebody and Tom Cruise is like, oh, I guess you're a good kid. It's just it's just so weird. So, like, none of the ki none of the sun stuff paid off for me at all i was just like let him go yeah. i'm like who cares just let him go shit you Wait, know? what about the what about the part so in the beginning b before the aliens actually uh terrorize people the son steals the car right mm -hmm. so and so he's doing a bunch of like stupid kid stuff 
But then uh, a, a little bit along the way, Tom Cruise actually lets him take over driving. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't have a license. And he's like, didn't stop you before. So it seems like he's kind of gradually giving him yeah. more like manly responsibilities. But you're saying that that's not but enough. That's it's not, that's that's more of a father son bonding moment. And like, that's fine. If that's the trope you want to play with this movie is like them bonding as like a father son, then mm-hmm. great. Go for it. That has nothing to do with the kid wanting to go join the military. Yeah, totally. It's completely yeah. separate. You're talking about two people bonding, coming closer together. And then the trope you go with is him leaving the father. So like, it just didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's like my biggest negative in this movie is this son's character arc. It just didn't make sense. It didn't work for me. I was yelling most of the time. One, <laughs> one, either stay with your father too, or just get the fuck out of my scene. I don't want to see you anymore. So yeah, yeah. But let, but let's talk about Tom Cruise now. He's, he's the main guy in this movie. I know we already talked a little bit about Laura hates him personally and stuff like that. <laughs> she doesn't like him. <laughs> you know, she's not jumping on couches for him. But but no. like, what did you think overall him in this movie, Laura, acting everything, the Tom Cruise effect? He's running in scenes. He's such a good runner in cinema. You know, what do you think, Laura? He's he always does a good job. That's what I said in the beginning. I was like, I'm going to preface and say I don't like him. So it's hard to watch his movies for me. But they're always entertaining movies. He always does a good job. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't have anything more to say on top of that. Am I going to say this was the best acting of his career? No, I don't feel that way. Okay. No, I, I agree with you there. I agree. No, <laughs> I, I agree with you there. I mean, this is not, this is not Mission Impossible Tom Cruise. I, I disagree with you guys. I think this is one of his best performances. I, wow. Just, yeah, I do because of his, his range. Uh, Greg, are, so- you a, are you a Scientologist, Greg? <laughs> Oh my god, he shook his head for a second. I think you didn't know he was not gonna a, say. Not a Scientologist. Oh Are you sure? You don't want to put down your commander in chief? <laughs> I, I will say I'm a, I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. I don't I can't recall many movies that I disliked him in. I think he has a good energy about him, his range, whether he's being a serious person, whether he's being uh, uh, an emotional person or a funny person or an intense person. He puts his all into it and he has a realism about it, uh, about himself. And one of, I think he is one of my favorite things about this movie. I have so many quotes from him. And the main thing is this is, and, and Laura, you may dis- disagree, but I feel like he's a very sympathetic character. I see that he's got so many flaws. He's probably a, he's a terrible dad, and he clearly is not ready for the responsibility, especially handling his kids' emotions. When the daughter starts screaming, she doesn't know. I feel like his son, Robbie, knows how to deal with Rachel more than he does. Yeah, and she actually oh, goes yeah. to him for comfort more than her, her own dad. So that tells you a lot. Right. Yeah. And but the fact that he does that thing, like he tries the the little <laughs> box, it, it's stupid. He it's a fails. Funny scene. I was but laughing. He, but he's trying. He has so many lines in this movie where I feel like he's giving it an earnest effort. And maybe he hasn't done so for several years. You don't know how long they've been divorced or why. Or in fact, you really don't know the backstory. Maybe he was a worse father. We, we really don't know. But from what I've seen in this movie, it could be some, something simple as they fell out of love. And they decided to split despite their kids. And given that in this time of crisis, he's actually stepping up. And I, I feel like I, you guys may disagree, but I feel like he loves his kids and he does his best to pull them close and do the right thing at, at every single turn. So I, I thought he, his performance was one of the best in this movie. And I, I love every time he was either 
um, emotional or funny or serious or, or or what have you. That that line where we were just talking about Robbie wanting to to join like the fight and Tom Cruise <laughs> Tom Cruise character. He goes, "All right, well now let's try a plan that doesn't involve your ten year old sister joining the army." And I just yeah. I thought that was so funny because he's just trying to smack some realism into his you know headstrong son. Yeah, I mean, I'm more in Greg's camp. I'm probably not that high as Greg, you know, saying he's the best actor he's ever seen in the world. But, uh, like, I think he's super solid. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I, think I didn't say that. I said he was the best actor in this universe. Oh, in the universe. In the, in the known universe that oh. ever existed. Wow. Dang. That's pr- in, in the multiverse. He's Actually, everywhere. yeah, in, in parallel universes, too. Best actor. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I'm not that high, like Greg. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think he's super solid. Like, like I'm like Greg. Like, I don't, I can't think of a Tom Cruise movie that maybe I don't like, or I, oh or my I, or, god, no, wait, 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 or I would say I definitely just don't like his acting. You know, it could be maybe a not a great Tom Cruise movie, but I feel like he is solid and constant through everything. Whether it's Laura, don't say it, Laura, don't say it. But uh, Vanilla Sky. <laughs> Oh, I actually haven't seen that one, so oh. <laughs> yeah, shit, right? Yeah, I'll, that'll be my in my next movie review I picked this week. Okay. <laughs> Vanilla Sky, eyes wide shut. Well, that's sexy that's, though. That's okay. That's you know, um, uh, but that's I've only sexy. seen action movies, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Well, if you want to know how he does in Vanilla Sky, what you do is you go to the dentist, <laughs> you have them numb your face <laughs> so much. That your face just droops down like this, and then you walk around trying to talk. That would be Tom Cruise in Vanilla Sky. Okay. Well, we're not reviewing Vanilla Sky, so we're not going to bring that up. So I feel like I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to the dentist, and I'm going to be like, hey, guys, can you just numb this side of my face? <laughs> you have a cavity back there? <laughs> I have nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with my teeth. I just, I, I want to know what it's like to watch Vanilla Sky. <laughs> give, give me the Vanilla Sky. Give me the Vanilla Sky. Oh, <laughs> Okay, sorry. All right, okay. Laura, Laura ruined our cred a little bit, Greg, with that. I forgot about that movie, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But I think Tom Cruise, is he's solid in this movie. In this movie, he is solid all the way through. I think he, like Greg said, he hits, he hits the funny marks. He hits concern. There's parts where he's tearing up with his daughter when he you know, realizes that he doesn't know any of her like lullabies to bed, you know, and like, I feel like he's solid all the way through this movie. So I I think he did a great job portraying everything you want, even an asshole in the beginning. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into now, like the aliens themselves as like a character, whether that's, you know, physical form or the ships themselves, you know? So what do you think about that? uh, Greg, what do you think about the aliens themselves in this movie? We have to start off. You don't even see the aliens for a while in this movie. All you see are their ships. We don't know what they're called. We call them vessels, ships, sentinels, tripods, whatever they are. But, absolutely freaking terrifying uh, i i love that they're they're so scary and they're so cold and heartless the first time you see it it kind of emerges from the ground like we said and it just starts exterminating people there's no thought behind it it just rears up charges engines and starts shooting death rays at people just <laughs> instantly vaporizing everybody and it's so scary because it's like what their laser is, it just shoots a person and their clothes are kind of floating in the air while yeah. their body is just gone. It disintegrates. It's almost like the yeah. the laser is 
just vaporizing organic matter. There's no yeah. chance of survival. It's, mm-hmm. And it really reminded me of, I hate to say it, like when you were a little kid and you would start crushing ants or shooting them with Windex. And that really, that was really what it felt like. It felt like the, the aliens rose up and just, they were cleaning up a mess. We had no chance. And then you started just disintegrating everybody. So terrifying. Did you, do you remember the three triads of a murderer, Greg? <laughs> okay, guys, let me, okay, let me tell you something. Uh, let, strike, strike one. Okay. Oh! Let, let me, I, I will say this. I actually, I feel this is a weird thing about me is I really feel bad when I have to kill a bug. Like if it's a spider or even a cricket, we've had a couple of crickets lately. When I have to kill it, sometimes like I'll bless it. And it's like, I don't even know why I'm blessing it. And I'll just be like, you know, God bless you. I have to kill you. I'm sorry. And I, and I kill it. I really feel bad about killing bugs. Like I, you know, and of course there's a difference between smashing some ants and killing a human. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not like if you, if you get down to like, honey, I shrunk the kids levels, like the bugs are. <laughs> Maybe just as a, a, alive as like you know a squirrel. I don't know, but um, yeah, that's not my 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 whole point. Is is like <laughs> they look at us like we would look at a pest. Like just get out of my way. I'm not. I have no thought as if you had any kind of sentience or value. It's just you're in my way. Get out of the way. And that was the most terrifying part of because that's your first introduction to the aliens. Really, you don't see the aliens; you just see their vessels, and they're just wiping us out. No thought to it. Yeah, yeah. But what about you, Laura? What do you think about all that? Not, not, um, not Greg being a killer, just the aliens. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just side note though, when you were like, "Okay, guys," I thought we were about to get scolded. Like, I'm done with this whole oh. murder business because you like came in guns a blaze and like, oh. Let me tell you something I had about to, I had to defend myself. I have a I have a deep <laughs> empathy toward living creatures and it's not you know and, and, and which is weird because I don't know anybody else that feels bad for killing bugs, so I had to throw that out there. Okay. Good That's job. You got you got great. part of a soul. Yeah, you got part of a soul, Greg. Good job. <laughs> I like it. Um before I answer your question though, I do have a question for you guys, and we're kinda on this topic now. I need someone to explain to me why some people get turned into smithereens some people get drank and fertilized and some people just get captured it was that ever explained in this movie because it really bothers me i need to know like the rhyme or reason i don't think, i feel like I'm i not don't think know. anything's ever explained i don't think people are just captured though i think they're captured and held until they're going to be turned into blood mist so i don't think there's three i think there's just two you're either vaporized or you're you're captured you know until they turn you into that blood mist stuff to to fertilize you know terraform our planet the way i thought about it but like why they pick certain people they definitely don't talk about it i have no idea there's only one scene that i thought was interesting because i mean one thing you have to think about when you're when you're writing something definitely a movie or anything you're writing every word every sentence is supposed to be there for a reason you know, there's not supposed to just be bullshit lines in a movie. Everything is supposed to mean something, especially when you get on the level of motion pictures where it's like legit writers, legit people that know what the hell they're doing. And there's one scene in this movie. I think it's when they're about to go on the ferry that there's like a red cross and the lady is shouting out something about, oh, negative blood. We have too much or AB blood. We don't have this. And it's one scene that I just, I didn't make a note of it, but thinking back now, what you're talking about, Laura, 
it could be something to where the aliens only want a certain type of blood. That's the only thing I can think about that would be a distinction. And that would give credence to why there's that scene. Because why would they even need yeah. to shout that out for any reason at all in this movie? Yeah, that was really random. Yeah. Other than other than if it's just another, you know, 9-11 callback, you know, because that definitely was a big thing in 9-11 was like, we need blood. You know, everybody donate, yeah. you know, I don't know. But it's just something when you asked it, I didn't think about it. But now thinking of it as like a writer when you're supposed to write something that could be why maybe they keep certain people. It's a certain type of blood they need. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. So th there's a scene in the movie where like people try to get onto a ferry to escape the aliens in the water. And then you find out that one emerges from the water. Okay. They're aquatic robots now. And it tips over the boat and people are in the water. And this is the first time you see these like tentacles come out of the beings. And instead of killing people, they lift some of them up and they bring them back into the, the ship, which to me was actually so terrifying because I thought if they were willing to just kill us without hesitation, what would they be willing yeah. to do once they actually captured us? So that mm -hmm. freaked me out. I was like, well, what are they doing with these live humans? So that was yeah. super scary. But now that you mentioned it, so Rob, you say that they, they could somehow sense the people with a certain type of blood type that they could feed on and that they would, they picked, actually that would make sense because they picked up Tom Cruise, right? And then they picked up Dakota Fanning. And typically if, like blood types are hereditary. I don't know if that's scientifically true. <laughs> Biologists can verify that. Then that would make sense that they picked them both up. Yeah, I have. I have. No, but anybody listening, do not take this as like I know what I'm talking about. It's literally just like Laura asked me, and it made me think of that scene. And just like as a writing perspective, why would that scene need to be in there? You know, I don't know. I have no idea. That's the only thing I can think. Other than that, Laura, then there's no explanation at all. Just really bothered me because I almost saw it as like, oh. Well, they can just obliterate some people when they first, you know, made themselves known because they don't need all of us. However, uh, Morgan Freeman, the narrator, said in the beginning that they have been waiting, mm -hmm. waiting until there were more of it, like enough of us more like they're waiting for their moment. Yeah. So if that's the case, then why then would they wait for there to be a certain number of human beings on Earth? To then come and be like, oh, I actually don't need this many. Mm -hmm. I, for some reason, you guys, it just really yeah. bothered me. Yeah. I wanted to know the difference. Well, I, I, I like Rob's explanation. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Like you said, Rob, maybe there are some that we're like, they, they're vaporizing the ones that are defective because you want no trace Ooh. because it's like maybe they did actually account for the virus aspect. Like maybe they thought that certain blood types were um if if they it's almost like if you were to raise a uh a farm and you have like pigs or or cows and maybe you find out that like a certain percentage of them have like the swine flu you wouldn't even waste your time killing them you would just incinerate them so there was no trace of their the virus amongst the rest of them and you would only keep the ones that you could eat maybe you, like the humans that they took up with them were the ones that they could feed on and the i mean forget about the end of the movie maybe they made a mistake i don't know but maybe they just like vaporized the ones that were like considered to them to be defective i don't know yeah. i'm just like going by like yeah that's mm -hmm. rob's theory i kind of like that actually i like that they can sense that maybe you like carry a gene for cancer. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they can sense when you have something like that, but, but weren't aware about viruses. Didn't think that a simple virus could bring them down. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 
I kind of like that theory, but I totally think we're pulling this out of our ass. Oh, yeah. So, yeah like, yeah. I don't <laughs> think this, this is not in the writing. Yeah. My ass is super loose right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, to answer your question, though, I, I thought the like tripods were super terrifying. I thought every scene and there were a lot of scenes with them, um, just really scary. However, then we see the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, all, we always have we always have this in most horror movies, wow. like the unknown <laughs> is always creepier than the known. So, yeah, yeah when, when they show these little like uh, little like cuttlefishes that you want to like n- hug. <laughs> Yes. That you want to like hug, you know, it, it kind of loses some of the credibility, but uh, yeah, go on, go on, Laura. Hello, that was a way better way to explain it. The only thing I could think of was, you know, those apps, I think maybe like Snapchat might do this. I don't know where you can make someone's face look like a baby. Like it's your face, but like young. Yeah. So it's like young Rob, young Greg. That's what it looked like. It looked like someone took one of the signs, aliens, and was just like, let's put a cute little baby <laughs> filter on your face. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, that's the thing is like we, we find out later that there are actual little baby aliens c- controlling this thing. And I, I will say that what I, I do give them credit for this, the robots actually resemble the aliens and i feel like yeah. this is something that we would probably do like if we created like robot exoskeletons like you see this in voltron or um you pacific see this rim. In, in pacific rim or power rangers where like the robot is like a, a human figure and it resembles the creature that's piloting it so i feel like mm-hmm. they did a good job in making sure that the aliens which are they're kind of like these um like squid creatures like like their arms have ser- served different purposes like if you ever see a squid in the ocean certain arms are meant to like sting and grab the prey and other ones are are meant to swim and 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 other arms are meant to like help feed itself so these creatures do wow. the same thing when they go into the basement some of their arms kind of pick up an object other ones are used to like walk so the fact that it was similar or resembled the robots really clicked with me because i figured that humans would do the same thing but then the thing is is like, like you guys said when you see them they just don't look threatening at all they just look like no. cute little you know cute little things <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just funny too yeah. like the scene right after you show the cuddliness of them is you go into the red veins draining blood spraying it so you're going from like fearing them to somewhat humanizing them to like oh no we're going super dark now which maybe that yeah. was the point maybe the point was to give you a false like a false twist where you think like oh they're not that bad and then you cut to them like sucking blood out of people and spraying huh. things everywhere maybe that's the twist i have no idea but what you guys think of the actual blood sucking part and the veins and the weeds because i know that was laura's big thing i think going into this movie was like she did not like that whole sequence I, I think I need to tell my story now. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. When I first, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out in 2005. I have not seen it since. So 15 years ago. And I vividly remember that there was a scene where Dakota Fanning and Tom Cruise get taken up into one of those little mini pods, mm-hmm. we'll call it. And it was like they were inside a breathing a vessel hmm. that was all bloody. They were covered in blood while other people were getting sprayed everywhere. Like uh, you guys, I have never just made something up in my it's mind before. Nothing no. like the scene. I know. I vividly remember that scene. I remember that's why I hated this movie when I first saw it. Cause I was so disgusted. Mm. I, I've had, nightmares about it since this this is why i didn't want to watch this movie greg i didn't know and that. then 
I'm like preparing, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to see the scene again. And it does not exist. Yeah. I, I have just been tripping balls since I watched this movie oh because how did I just make up this scene? I watched this movie and I'm like, there's nothing gross in this movie. There's a little bit of right. blood spraying, but it's not gross. It's, I, I don't know you guys. I, I like made up a scene in my head. That they were literally so in like crazy. a cage. It was not yeah. a, like a breathing, bloody. It's it's almost like I remember them being inside of like a body. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. So that's my crazy story is like I then watched this movie and was like, oh, this was not gross and Bob, have you ever scary. done that? Like, like, like uh, not watched an old movie because you thought there was a scene in it and when you rewatched it there it didn't exist at all no i mean i'm a pretty sane person so i don't think i would do that <laughs> I, I don't get it well let's transition to what definitely is horror in this movie and that is the human versus human societal breakdown of yes. this movie and mo i feel like most of the scenes that give me the most anxiety um laura do you want to start i know you have things with anxiety yourself you have diseases so do you want to like <laughs> go there? do you want to talk about how anxious you were in some of these scenes i think yeah i think the biggest scene the one you're probably referring to is the scene where uh ray and rachel and robbie are in the only functioning car mm. really um as far as the eye can see and they're they're they've been driving and then they get to a point where there are so many people on the road and they're trying to drive through them. And yeah, that scene just really sucked for so many reasons. <laughs> I mean, no, it was like a very well done scene, but it made me feel very anxious, as Rob said. Um, it also kind of goes back to what we were saying about Robbie. Like, you know, they normally, I think, people would be like, hey, let's get as many people in the car as we can. Let's try to save people. But, you know, this dad is just, it's just me and my kids. And you as the audience are totally okay with that. Like, yes, I just want this family to make it. We're so invested in that. Um, but yeah, the whole scene where people get that mob mentality and just start beating the car, trying to get in the car, they're willing to like shoot ray uh they're willing to take the car with rachel in it i i that was i don't even have words it, it was horrifying it was totally horrifying yeah, yeah what do you what do you think about that scene greg i just want to say i love the intro to that scene so the whole t the whole time when ray finally gets this working van going and he, and he pulls his son and daughter into it what does he keep telling them Hey guys, we have to be careful because people are going to want our vehicle. I feel like he understands the dark side of human nature and he's speaking to the naivety of his kids and not having experienced that. Uh, so there's a little bit of foreshadowing there. And it, it's just too bad that the moment that he lets his kid start driving and given, giving him some freedom, some responsibility, he kind of botches it because when Ray wakes up, his kid has just dry, has just driven his family into a group of people who are walking alongside the road who just filled up the road. So he was so naive to think that they could just get through without thinking, Oh, maybe we shouldn't try to drive through this group of people because they might take over our, our van. But it was just such a brilliant transition because it explains why Ray wouldn't have warned him like, Hey, we shouldn't try to do this. He just woke up to it and they were in the middle of this 
throng of, of people. Um, I, I love that intro and it's like, like maybe Rob, you can talk about the, the scene of them getting kind of their, their car hijacked. But after that is, is what I really liked when they were, mm-hmm. they left and they were sitting in the diner by themselves and you could see the, the mob of people still going after the car outside of the yes. diner, just the camera work and the way it was shot. You could see the insanity going on behind them outside. And there was literally not a single person in the diner. Everybody was just outside, like just going nuts trying to get this, uh, this car. That was that was really scary. Such a well done shot. It's like zombies. They were like zombies. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, yeah. It, it's the same thing we talk about in a lot of you know disaster movies, zombie movies, anything that where like society breaks down and you have like humans, you know, getting to their core of who we are instinctively from like millions of years of like cavemen just trying to survive. And it's like, you will do whatever you have to do to make sure you personally are safe, or at least somebody you're with, your loved one is safe. And that scene, I mean, going back, also calling back the acting in this movie, I mean, Tom Cruise in that scene is so good, especially when they get to the part where, you know, Tom Cruise pulls out a gun to get everybody off. And then some other random guy pulls a gun on Tom Cruise. And then the guy's like, I'm taking the van, I'm taking the van. And Tom Cruise, the way his voice quivers when he's just like, I just want my daughter. I just want my daughter. He's like, I need my daughter. And like, just such a great moment acting wise for Tom Cruise. I totally believed like one, like the fear in his voice two, like the desire to just get his daughter, you know, and then also in the same perspective, you have Dakota Fanning in the car in moments screaming i know everybody hates her screaming but what are you gonna do when people are literally pulling a windshield apart with their bare hands you know ripping their own skin to try to get into this vehicle literally looks like a zombie you're right laura but her acting in that moment too of just scared concern like doesn't even know what's going on i mean you're talking about a little girl what is she 10 in this movie like she she's pretty smart in this movie i think in general But in that scene, she has to be thinking, like, what is going on right now? And so, like, I I think that scene, yeah, like I said, it builds anxiety. But at the same point, it just, like, shows how great of an actor Tom Cruise and Dakota Fanning are in this movie. But it is the most anxious, I feel, I think, during this whole movie is that scene. Didn't it make you guys Mm -hmm. so anxious when the only person left in the car was Dakota Fanning's character and then all the guys started piling in from all the other windows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I felt that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it might be, like, the the most horrific scene in this movie. And has I nothing agree. to do with, like, people being disintegrated or aliens drinking your blood. Or It's just literally, like, society breaking down. And maybe that's why it's so scary is because it's so real. An alien, I mean, yeah. whatever. We have the government coming out saying there's aliens now around us. So <laughs> who knows if aliens are going to eventually come one day. But it is very fictitious and like, okay, whatever, guys, you know. But like yeah. being like society's breaking down. We're literally getting hopefully through the end of a pandemic right now. And people probably were doing this for toilet paper. We're trying to like beat people up. And <laughs> right. so like, you know what I mean? Like we live through this for real. And I think that yeah. reality is what makes it so, so much more horrific than anything else in this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get to the ending now. Let's get to the end of this movie here. Do one of you guys, Laura, do you want to run down kind of like where we're at in the ending here and kind of build it up? Yeah. So, 
with the ending, we have watched what, like an hour and 30 minutes now of just nonstop action at this point. The aliens are relentless. We have a few scenes where they, you know, seek refuge, you know, in houses and basements, but otherwise it's been really nonstop. Um, and one thing that we've learned through the scene where the aliens reach down and grab, uh, Rachel and then grab Ray, he kind of self-sacrifices himself in the moment to get up there. So once he's captured in, in one of those little cage things, he, um, kind of allows himself to get sucked up by this butthole looking thing. I don't know what to call it. I don't That's know. a pretty good, that's a pretty good definition there. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, More of like an you know, anus knowing you can be PC about. <laughs> but butthole just sounds nicer than anus. I think I butthole know. actually is more PC than anus. Or sphincter. I don't know how yeah. what's the, what's the sphincter. Animal. I like that one. All right. We're talking about this for too long. Okay. He allows himself to get, you know, sucked up into that thing. <laughs> Um, because he plans on releasing a grenade inside. And luckily there are actually good people also mm-hmm. captured in this cage who are helping pulling him down. He's able to take down this tripod, um, and they survive. So he's, he's fully aware at this point that they do have this type of shield. And at the end, he's walking with his daughter and, um, you know, they get to, a new city, I believe. And, um, you know, the military are there and they're all of a sudden they're looking around and they're, they're like, um, God, now I'm having trouble remembering you guys. Were they already shutting? I know I'm probably the worst person. Were they already shutting down? Yeah. And he's asking like, what happened? What happened? How'd this happen? Right. So he's asking how it happened. And they're just saying, I don't know. They just started to shut down. And all of a sudden they see the birds which, and I love this because I have a thing with birds, especially in horror movies. I have a thing like birds always know. Birds always, they always know. It's so true. And there's that scene uh, in the fairy scene where Dakota Fanning sees all the birds oh, flying right. somewhere and she's like, oh shit. You know, birds always know. Uh, Ray looks up and sees that the birds were able to land on them. And then it hits them, hits him. Oh, their barriers down. And he does some like, secret visual thing with the military guy who just (laughs) knows what he's talking about that's great and they start shooting at the remaining ones that are still Mm -hmm. kind of functioning um and we basically see these tripods go down and the one that goes down closest to them we see the long strange arm of the alien just kind of slide out clearly dead and so the ending for me was very underwhelming I've just sat through almost two hours of this action packed movie. And even though I think the, I think it's really cool that the barrier went down. I think that is an awesome concept. And then even though I had no idea about this, I, when Morgan Freeman comes on the end as the narrator and says that it was actually a virus, just like a normal virus that humans get all the time and we've become immune to. That really is what brought these aliens down. I love how he says that we've earned our right here. I thought that was aw- that was awesome. Mm-hmm. However, I think in a movie such as this one, I wanted to see some badass ending with a lot more fighting and just, I don't know. I wanted to see Tom Cruise's character giving it his, it's like all he's got, you know, you're kind of thinking, oh, I don't even think he's going to make it through this. So 
I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed with the ending. How did you guys feel about it? Yeah, to me, in, in terms of dramatic alien invasion endings, I feel like Independence Day is like the pinnacle for me. Mm. And if that's if that's the bar, this it, it is definitely underwhelming. I remember when I first watched the movie, it, it made sense, but it, it still felt a little bit underwhelming it's like it rob i'm sure you've heard of the the term deus ex machina right it's like the it, it's the term that's like means god of the machine where you've got a completely hopeless situation that is suddenly resolved instantly by something miraculous and unexpected and it kind of just quietly buttons up the whole story and people don't really like that because it just seems like an easy way to close down a, a plot without putting a lot of work into it. In this movie, it kind of, it, it makes sense. Um, but again, when you're dealing with an extraterrestrial race that supposedly is a lot more advanced than we are, it's, it's hard to digest because you would figure that they would, they would think about that. I mean, like that's, that's always the first thing I think about is if we ever, get to a point where we can travel faster than light and put ourselves on another planet. How on earth could we live there? If we have not lived there for millions of years, how could we adapt right. or evolve? So that would have been like the first thing I would expect an alien race to figure out. Maybe they miscalculated. I mean, I have no idea. This is like, maybe they anticipated for a number of viruses and bacteria, but they misfire. They missed some, you know, again, we know that when it comes to the end of the movie, they're not arriving from like space. I mean, maybe the pilots are, but the, the ships have been here all along. So maybe they just, they messed up in their calculations and they didn't expect that their bodies would be infected so badly by, um, the human race or just the, the earth environment when, when they came back. But, um, but it it, does, it almost doesn't matter. As a viewer, you're watching this and you just feel like, oh, that's it. That's it, it just kind of gets resolved. Yeah. Like there was no big explosion, no one sacrificing themselves, no one driving a jet plane up the middle of the mothership, nothing like that. <laughs> so yeah, it feels underwhelming. But I don't know if you're able to split off a little bit and think about maybe there's a scientific explanation. You're a little bit satisfied by that, but it is a little bit weird compared to what you'd expect it to be. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. The ending is very anticlimactic. It's like you said, Laura, it, it's building, it's building. They're showing all these cool things, you know, some scary stuff, horrific stuff, veins, blood, and then it gets to the end. And you're just like, it's done. And you're just like, what? Like, what happened? And, and that was another thing for the for the whatever it is, 60 something percent that didn't like this movie. Like it was either the Dakota Fanning they didn't like or they didn't like the ending. That was pretty much the consensus was that, you know. Um, I even read something online because I was researching for this movie that Spielberg has came out, I believe, in the last couple of years. And he said the ending is not good. He said he tried thinking of another ending, but he couldn't. Wow. So and I guess this is true to the ending of the book. This is oh. how the book ends. So and, and that's one thing that he said he tried thinking of something else, but just couldn't. So he just stuck with what was in the book. So it, but it is but it is very anticlimactic. Another uh, gripe I have with the ending, and this this kind of ties back to a lot of things we've been talking about with the character Robbie, <laughs> was um, we we think he's long gone. Mm -hmm. um, oh. <laughs> we kind of we didn't really talk about the scene, but um, 
in one of his very heroic scenes, he's trying to run towards the military, towards the action, and um, Ray's trying to stop him. And he kind of puts Rachel off by by a tree by herself, like, stay here. I'm going to go try to get your brother and talk him out of this. And he's got a he's got a choice to make. He's you know, his son is like, no, I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And then he turns over to look at Rachel and like a nice couple. They're not bad people, but a nice couple see this young girl by herself and they are pulling her like, no, we'll get you to safety. We'll take you. And so he kind of has a decision like, let my son go knowing full well he's going to die or let my daughter go with these nice people to save my son. So he has to make that decision. He lets his son go because at that point I would have been like, yeah, bye. You're being a fucking idiot, you know? Um, And he goes back and gets his daughter. So I think we all thought Robbie's a goner. That's just what we thought. And then he shows up at the end and I hate to say it, but I was mad. I was like, that's so unrealistic. But it kind of goes back to this whole movie. He's been doing these very heroic things. And now I'm having a conversation within myself. Like, why am I mad he's doing heroic things that we should? I normally, I usually back characters who make those decisions Mm. yet. But for some reason in this movie where there's an alien invasion, I don't feel like that works. So I think at the end, I should be so happy that he survived. You know, how wonderful. Like, I have hope. But I just saw it as like, he made so many dumb decisions. There's no way he survived that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that was also the exact ending of the book. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why he lived. But I just felt like, I don't know. I can't wait to hear no, if you guys I'm, agree. I, I thought I'm that was the, so I'm dumb. the same as you, Laura. I literally put in my notes, oh, Robbie's back. I put, I don't care. Like, I don't, like, I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, I was like, I was like, maybe it would have been better if you died, you know, like maybe it would have gave more purpose to your character, but I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Robbie's back, I guess. Okay. It's still another car. All right. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking like, I think Rob, you just answered Laura's question. Like, why, why did you not care that he was live at the end? It's because it's like, like you said, Rob, if he had died, it would have given purpose to his stupid, reckless abandon. It would have made mm-hmm. sense because you see him go over the hill. Then the, the robot comes up, literally sets the whole damn hill on fire. How could you have lived? I don't know. But it's like, yeah. well, he did his thing. But then somehow when he pops up at the end, I guess maybe what you're thinking is, okay, well, if he lived and he made it, why couldn't he just stay with his family and help them survive? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I was kind of indifferent. I was more happy that he lived for his for his sister and, and Tom Cruise's character, you know, and, and right. the family to get together. But yeah, I don't know. There's probably a, a certain subsect of people that look at it like maybe they empathize with him and his boldness. And, you know, we don't know what exactly transpired between that battle scene and when he got home. Maybe right. he actually saved some lives. You know, maybe he actually helped take down a one of those tripods. I don't know. Maybe a, 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 a transport Jeep ended up taking him into Boston. We don't really know. So it, it's hard for me to say anything, but it was, I did not expect him to show up on the porch. I, I thought yeah. that they would reunite with the family and he, it was like he was a, a casualty of war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's like the same thing though. The same thing I talked about before is like, there's clearly some part of his story that they don't show in the beginning. Then they don't show it in the end. Like, how are you supposed to give a shit about this character when two thirds of this movie, it doesn't matter. You don't even know what's going on with him. 
So why does it even, it doesn't matter. It's like you literally can watch this movie and yeah. he, you can just completely take him out of the storyline and it's the same movie. Like nothing mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm changing my name. I'm not going to be Rob anymore. I don't want to be associated with this guy anymore. <laughs> you can, you can call me, you can call me Ray or, T- or Tom or something like that. I'll be, I'll be Tom Cruise now. I don't know what to do, but yeah, I don't want to be associated with this guy. <laughs> Have a Harlan. I'll be, I don't, I actually don't want to be Harlan either. No, I don't want to be Harlan either. No, thank you. No, no, that's okay. I'll be, I'll be uh, Rachel. I'll be her. She's, she's awesome. You know, I'll just scream, yeah, I'll go. scream everywhere. Uh, I did want, I did, <laughs> I, I did want to ask you guys one more question because I thought that was really interesting. So Morgan Freeman's, you know, outro voiceover, you know, he kind of like Laura talks about like what happened. And I thought it was very interesting the use of the word God. And I don't know why I thought this was very interesting, but he, the way he explains that the germs that killed the aliens, the germs were created by God. And I don't know why, but I thought that was, I don't know what the right word is. Not that's wrong, but I just thought a very scientific based movie, other than the one scene where they show a church being destroyed. And then the last thing you kind of hear is about faith and religion and because I, I thought this thing would all be more uh, based on you know um like you know the uh natural natural selection or or the big bang theory very like you know scientific based but then the very end they throw in the word god and i was kind of like oh that's interesting i just didn't know if you guys even caught it or what you think or or, or i don't know it was just interesting I, it was it threw me off a bit because i didn't feel like it was anywhere else other than this movie until the very end Wow, that's I honestly don't even remember that. I just Googled it. I right, missed it. I Googled it right now. I'll read you the quote. He says, and it this is right. He goes, From the moment the invaders arrived, breathed in our air, ate and drank, they were doomed. They were undone, destroyed, after all of man's weapons and devices had failed by the tiniest creatures that God in his wisdom put upon this earth. It's it's very it's it to me it was odd. I I, I mean you know, I mean I assume I don't know if maybe that's the that's in the original book. I don't know if that's Steven Spielberg. You know, he's a faith based person. I don't know. But it was just something that I thought felt out of place in this movie and just not heavy handed is the right word because it's not heavy handed. It's very slight, but it's just something that I caught that I thought was interesting. It's it's the last line that, yeah, it, it's confusing because that is confusing. It by all accounts, what killed the aliens were the microbial beings. So then. In this last line, when he says they were undone, destroyed after all of man's weapons and devices had failed. So basically all of the technology that we thought would kill intruders, it's almost like he, Morgan Freeman's narration is like subverting or bringing to light like human hubris. Like we were so arrogant to think that we could destroy invaders with our weapons, which we couldn't, right? with our mm-hmm. missiles and he goes they were undone by the tiniest creatures that god in his wisdom put upon this earth so he's not even saying it's the creatures he's saying that what killed the aliens was god yeah because god put the creatures there to mm-hmm. kill them and it's yeah it, it is like uh, there's i can't argue for that because it's like a it's kind of a faith-based statement yeah. but it is weird the fact that it doesn't really jive with the tone of the movie or does it? 
I don't know. And, and that's my thing. Is like I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not going to get into religion on a, a horror-ish no. podcast where we just talked about buttholes for two minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I'm I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? But just it just felt it just felt so weird and out of place in this moment yeah, because I because if Greg, if you read his thing again and literally just take out the word God, the sentence still works perfectly well and it's fine. It's just so weird that 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 word was chosen to be like the last three words of the movie. Yeah, this it's isn't odd. like signs where there's a debate between like faith and hope and scientific progress, and that's like a, yeah. a running dialogue throughout the movie. It's it's it, it, I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's a prevailing theme in this movie for it to to close on that right before the yeah. credits. So yeah. I I definitely want to hear maybe if a listener has an idea uh, on that yeah. or if anybody else has some theory about why that is and you know maybe we can brainstorm and follow up with that next yeah yeah next that's pod. a great idea if anybody wants to email in let us know what you think the last you know little bit of god talk is about or if you if there's something maybe we missed that ties it in please let us know if it's something in the book that we don't know like let us know hit us up conjecturing pod at gmail or twitter instagram at conjecturing pod i would love to know because to me it's just so mind-boggling like why yeah you know that to me that's more confusing than like why the aliens are even here it's like why did you put this word into this movie you know yeah okay all right so let's uh let's get to our ratings and let's get to our ratings in this movie you know i'm really interested to see where you guys align uh with this you know we, we've talked to you know a lot of positives some negatives but i really want to see where you guys align if you're more critic you know 76 percent. if you're more you know audience score rotten tomatoes 46 i'm interested so um i hope you guys don't have any allergies because one to five rating, we're doing how many peanut butter sandwiches mm. would you give this movie? So one to five, how many peanut butter sandwiches? Let's go Greg first. Let's go Greg first. What do you think, Greg? One to five. And you can kind of run down a little bit of what you like and what you don't like. Okay. Yeah. I was actually kind of going back and forth with this movie because I feel like there's a lot to like and a lot to dislike. The main thing that I didn't like about it was that there was just a lot of stuff that didn't make sense that to me served a good. It was very cool to see on camera. but it seemed like it didn't work a lot. I didn't really like in the beginning. You had that very expositional news crew that was showing Tom mm. Cruise the footage. Mm. That seemed like too much uh, early on. I actually didn't like that missing persons bulletin board. I thought, how could people be putting up missing persons posters? Like You've seen that in so many movies after yeah. people have been missing for months and weeks. It, it didn't seem to fit in this movie. The I, When they were running from the machines after falling into the lake you had the clothes falling from the sky where did the clothes come from i mean the attacks were a long distance away it looked very cool though mm -hmm. the, the train that was on fire that flew by you see that in oh so many yeah movies. um there is so many scenes where like it really looked cool and it was very effective but in the specific context of this movie it just it raised too many questions like the boat the bodies floating down the river well, I thought the aliens either vaporized you or sucked the blood out of you. Why do we have random bodies floating? I mean, maybe hmm. they got stuck in a building and they, you never know how people die, of course, but they didn't give you any reason to think that there should be a large amount of bodies floating down the river. It just looks scary. There are a lot of like, yeah. mm -hmm. oh, it looks scary. It looks menacing scenes, but so I didn't really like that. Um, but there were a lot of positives I did. Like, like, like I said, the, the family dynamic was probably my favorite thing. And um, the other thing was, was the robots themselves and the way that like, so you can see, I just changed my background. This is probably the scariest looking 
scene where you see the robot yeah. like towering over the small town and just like the spectacle that they create of the robots is so terrifying. I, I actually didn't like when they got up close and you could see the big robot and its big eye in front of the camera. I feel like you lose a little bit of its enormity. I feel mm. like the best shots are like these where it's like off in the distance, a little bit faded yeah. right here. Some of the atmosphere is in the way and you see it moving a little bit slower to make it seem like it's this giant behemoth of a creature. That scene where it picks up Dakota Fanning and the camera is kind of like at a mid shot, like that was terrifying too. Just like the way that they made the robots looked was just a huge part for me. And also just the uniqueness of having the invasion come from within rather than showing a bunch of like flying saucers come from yeah the atmosphere um that was that that was all, all of those things make it a great movie for me tom cruise's performance like i said he's an awesome you know everyone loves him running in movies i think he's like an awesome like action character um a lot of great direction good set work camera work all of the the stuff that you expect out of a steven spielberg production you pretty much got in this movie i didn't know rob when you said this movie had like a 125 million dollar budget at first i was like oh my god that's the biggest budget of any horror movie we've ever reviewed by a long shot up and but then again it's not really a horror movie it's more of like a science fiction steven spielberg mm -hmm. movie so of course and they made four times that amount so it makes a lot of sense but so, yeah, of course, it was very intense. That scene in the house, we didn't really cover it that much, but it was very nerve-wracking for me. But in the end, the, the movie is very effective. The bottom line for me is, like, the cool thing uh, reviewing these movies with you guys is, like, I feel like a big part of making a solid movie is really just not screwing up. <laughs> and, 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 do, and showing things that people... Because I feel like the flaws in the movie are the things that people kind of remember. You could be really great with with what you show hit all the points but then if you do something like this at the very end where you make a, the ending underwhelming or it's kind of a letdown or a cop out and people remember it it just kind of sticks with you you know and that's that's the thing is like i don't know it, and the solution is either one you don't take risks and you play it safe and you and you show a movie which you know is not going to get a lot of hate or you are bold with what you try to do and i feel like steven spielberg tries to do that in this movie a lot of times but the problem is, is there are so many moments where it doesn't pay off like those negatives like i said where you sit there the next scene going why did they do that so a lot of that balanced out for me but i i can't question the fact that it was just a well-made movie so i'm going to give it a 3.75 peanut butter peanut butter sandwiches so that's like you know three wow. three peanut butter sandwiches and then the next one has got maybe like a slice of bread maybe some of the peanuts but none of the butter i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe maybe the last one's like the one that's stuck on the window. Yeah, it's just yeah. sliding. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's funny. All right, three points. That's that's pretty close to the the critics. Then it's like seventy six percent, like right around there. So that's pretty good. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, what about you, Laura? Where are you at with this movie? I'm giving this a three point five. Wow, um, it's right there. And I I I have a lot of negatives. And this this actually isn't my type of movie. I'm not a big action person. Um, I like more of a slow build and, you know, mm -hmm. just this isn't really my type of movie, but I think just the experience of remembering it one way and being just so wrong. I was just so wrong, you know, and, and watching it. Um, yeah, I, I was just so surprised, like, oh, this is actually a good movie. I don't know why I remembered it so negatively and made up some fucking scenes that didn't even <laughs> exist. So um, I think when I first was writing notes i gave it a three but 
you know, just after talking about it, I was like, there really is a lot of good. And honestly, yeah, I think Dakota Fanning gets way too much hate for this. So yeah. I'm bumping it to a 3.5 because of her, because she's amazing. Mm, so nice, nice. No, that's good. That's, that's, that's right there. Nice. Yeah. For me, like, yeah, I go back and forth. I say there's so many things I like in this movie. I mean, most of them Greg really talked about, you know, for me, a couple other ones I think would just be like the ship design. I really liked like some of the, the sounds, of course, the sound, sound effects or sound design is really cool in this movie. Like you talk about Tom Cruise and Dakota Fanning make this movie for me. Like they are two actors that are so solid in this movie. And, and, and I really enjoyed watching them, their portrayals. And I don't get the whole Dakota Fanning thing either, Laura. So, um, and then just see, knowing that the CGI for 2005 looks so good now in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. like thinking like when this came out that has to even get a higher mark of like how good it looked back then probably you know um i mean then, and then negatives of course it just has to be robbie robbie's like my <laughs> biggest negative his character to me just didn't make sense overall like i said it could have been done without him it doesn't really matter you know which is mm-hmm. which is nothing and then like like you guys said the ending is just very anticlimactic like i wish there was something more I understand yeah. it. I get why you're doing yeah. it. That doesn't mean I want it, you know? Right. So like, you know, yeah. and that's one thing we talk about a lot in this pod is like, can you stick the landing? And for mm-hmm. me, if you can get the landing that, you know, can almost overcome a bad movie or it can actually like be a detriment to a good movie. So for me, I think going in minus the ending, I'm looking at like a four, you know, oh, then when you, nice. when you hit that ending, I drop it a whole star. So I'm saying a three. Because I really just didn't like the ending at all of this movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we got three, three and a half, and 3.75. Wow. A lot better than I thought that I'd... I'd be getting a bunch of ones coming my way. After last <laughs> I know week's that's what that's reveal. what we got from Shit. Laura. Yeah. Laura's been dreading this movie for <laughs> since she saw Greg's list, but it was just a figment of her imagination this whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually kind of embarrassing that I agree. Uh, I agree. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> there have been so many movies that Greg, you specifically have have said were on your list or chosen, and I have just been so just dreading all of them literally all of them like why did you have to pick the worst movies and either in a situation like this one or back to mothman prophecies Uh, ended up being like holy shit this is actually a good movie mm -hmm. um and then there are some that you know i i didn't want to rewatch, like frozen and it was it was hard but it's never as bad the second go round and i definitely go into it more anxious than what i get out of it so it was like I didn't really have to do that. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of times, uh, except for the happening, obviously, but a lot of times I come and I say, oh, yeah, I was wrong. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) It's just kind of embarrassing. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's pretty much it, you know, for the review this week for War of the Worlds 2005. Um, So now we're on to movie reveal for next week. It's my pick. Oh, man. You know, I'm, you know, knowing that Laura thought she was going to see something super horrific and that scared her to her bones in this movie. And knowing that she didn't get it, I feel like I need to give it to her now next week, maybe. So I'm going to pick The Exorcist. Oh, oh my God, so, <laughs> dude. So I'm going to do, I'm going to pick The Exorcist. Oh, and, and and this is this is the movie, like, I was talking to my wife the other day. Fucking terrible. But, uh, but 
I honestly, I am not. Yeah, sh- good luck. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've even seen this movie fully. Oh, like I feel like this movie has been in existence for um, I think almost all my life, and I've seen clips here and there, and you know, in and social media, and you know, this and that, and I think you know maybe through that I feel like I've seen the movie. But sometimes I see certain things and I'm like, I don't remember that. So I'm not sure if I've seen it one way or another, but I'm super excited. Something I've always wanted to watch since we started this pod, because it is one of the, you know, greatest horror movies ever made. And you can get into when it came out, it literally like almost killed people. People like it blew their minds what was going on because they had never seen anything like this before in that time frame. So, yeah. So next week we're doing The Exorcist. Damn. So I'm excited for Laura's outfit next week, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm definitely, oh, I'm definitely getting no. some split pea soup. I'm going to get some soup to eat. So I'm going to eating soup on the pod. So yeah, I don't know. Greg can have a crucifix, you know? I, somewhere. I've, I've definitely been like, look, this is probably the movie that I've been least looking forward to watching. I know me and me and Greg might have to get in a bed together and shake it around while we watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's my movie next week. I'm excited for that. Awesome. Uh, you know, one thing I also wanted to remind everybody, you know, we announced last week that we're starting our listener conjecture choice um, coming up in a couple weeks now. So that's pretty much just you guys get to send us in, you know, what movie we should conjecture. And, uh, you know, we're going to pick one, you know, every third to fourth uh, week of the month. And we're going to review that movie. It's your guys' choice. So you can send us in, you know, ConjecturingPod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at ConjecturingPod. And the, the week before that, we'll reveal, you know, who's the winning choice, what movie we're doing, and also why you wanted it done. You know, so put that in the email, why you want it conjectured. And and lastly, you know, please remember, subscribe, rate, review our podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to it on, and check out the Slash and Cast podcast network that we're on, slashandcast.net. You can listen to all the other podcasts there. They're all pretty cool. Laura, have you listened to any other uh, Eroticosaurus ones or something like that? or? <laughs> Oh man, now I'm behind. You're behind now. Oh, that's what she said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what she said in the in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the book in the story. Yeah. That was good. That was good. That was good. Good pun. That was good. Good pun, Laura. Good job, Laura. Yeah. So that's <laughs> so that's been the ep- do it all purpose. <laughs> the episode this week. Uh, this has been the conjecturing. I've been Rob and Laura and Greg. Yeah, until next time, remember horror is subjective, so conjecture away. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. Yeah, my ass is super loose right now. Yeah.